Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. I love the audience that we have because you guys know so much, which is always a weird kind of like honor because why would people who know so much listen to me like, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, And I know there are always going to be things where I don't know enough and particularly about this um – uh, the the basketball. I'm I'm getting told that, for example, uh, the young lady from Iowa is uh, had an extra year of uh, eligibility because of COVID. Apparently, that she did play four years, not three years, and um, so um, she had the option for the fifth year. That's it. And that uh, Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete, only did play for three years because you weren't allowed to play as a freshman, and also there was no three point line back then. So it's not really an apples to apples comparison, even though the record is the record. But uh, just kind of interesting. And again. I love when you guys hear me say something where I don't know enough and you want to give me context information. I, I, that's how you learn. That, by the way, that's just a, um, I don't know, that's a that's like a basic disposition that all humans should have. By the way, we weren't able to get a hold of uh, um, Julio Diaz this morning for movies, if, that, if you're kind of wondering where he's at. that's I just couldn't get a hold of him and sometimes. Sometimes in live radio, you move on. Um, but the disposition of being more oriented towards being right in the future as opposed to having to prove that you were right in the past. Because the only way you can ever get smarter, or more knowledgeable if you prefer that terminology, is by finding things you've got wrong and improving them. So kind of by definition, you have to find things you're wrong about in order to get better. So I like finding things. I mean, I hate finding things where I'm wrong, but I love finding things where I'm wrong so that I can fix them. And then you don't have as many things that you're wrong about. And so if you have that orientation over time, you just get better. And the opposite orientation of always defending what you've always believed means you never get any smarter, which is, that's not great. 437 Oh, my wife gave me this story, and I thought it was very interesting. And it was one of those, God, sometimes America doesn't do it the right way. Um, the issue has to do with headlights. And why headlights are so blinding. And you all know if you drive at night that other people's headlights suck. I mean, it's, it's bad. Um, and it's not only when they have the high beams on, although that's extra bad, but even when they have the regulars on or if there's a truck or something like this. And um, the story that I read from CNN that she sent me is imagine if you could drive at night with your high beams on all the time sort of bathing the road ahead in blinding white daylight, but nobody in other cars was affected by it. Like, well, how is that possible? You can't do that. No, they do do this already in Europe and Asia. Cars offer what they call adaptive driving beam headlights, and it's available for in other parts of the world, including Europe, China, Canada, but not here. And what it does is instead of sending the light everywhere, I guess it's got an active detection system, so... It will literally see there's a car, and then it'll put the light only in the places where the car isn't, or even a car driving ahead of you in the same lane. So the light stays away from the vehicles, but the rest of it is covered in the bright light. It's just dimmer around those vehicles so that the so your headlights basically protect other drivers from blinding them. 
So a deer, a pedestrian, a bicyclist by the side of the road can still be seen clearly, but, you know, other drivers sharing the road can see too. So what they call ADB, um, uh, that active driving um, uh, beam or the active driving shape, that that is, um, it's already sold on some luxury cars in America, but the software is not activated or installed. So like American Mercedes drivers uh, can get the light display as they like start up the car, you might see it, but then it kind of goes down to the normal level. Apparently, I don't own a Mercedes, so I don't know, but that's what I'm reading in the story. Um, while driving, the white lights work just like a standard high beam or low beam, but their adaptive capabilities uh, aren't enabled here because they don't meet the U.S. rules. So it's really our NTSB, um, National Traffic Safety Board, that's getting in the way, basically. They work like digital projectors. They use a million or more LED pixels to project light patterns on the road, and um, you know, actually you can see symbols like arrows or lines sometimes to guide users. So it's a highly interactive sort kind of um, uh, of headlight. Oh, by the way, not N uh, NTSA, but um, NHS, NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. So anyway, they require the ADB headlights to respond extremely swiftly after detecting another vehicle within reach of the lights, faster than other standards in other countries, and also faster than a human could switch off an ordinary high beam headlight and they have extremely narrow lines between bright and dark regions. So it's basically the shape of the regulations in the United States that keep us from having a very, very cool alternative to what we currently drive under. 437 I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Coming up next, we have the Transgressors Memorial Service. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake? All right. No major accidents reported this morning by FHP, but we do have a couple slowdowns to tell you about. Highway 98 westbound getting into proper. Once you get into that Naval Live Oaks Preserve, it's going to be very slow going westbound. And then once you get through proper there, we've got the slowdown from the school zone in both directions. And coming into Milton this morning, Getting over the bridge onto the Blackwater there on Highway 90, we got some slowdown westbound there, but not too bad. If you see anything else out there this morning slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That number is 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Tax season is here, and it's time to turn your refund into peace of mind with Jim's Firearms. Jim's Firearms is your go-to destination for top-notch personal protection. You're also going to want to secure your spot for one of their upcoming concealed carry classes. Use your refund wisely and invest in safety. Check out their wide selection online at jimsfirearms.net or visit the store in Pensacola at the corner of Serena Road and Blue Angel Parkway. Jim's Firearms, protecting what matters most. Spring is a great time of the year for gardening, whether it's fertilizing the lawn, pruning, planting shrubs, and summer blooming plants, and of course, tending to that vegetable garden. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got spring gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesday, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. It's sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, and Barnes Feed Store. Local experts share their expertise on the Pensacola Expert Panel. It's Pep Talk on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the Transgressors Memorial Service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew, remembering those who we have lost. All 
Our first remembrance is for Leap Day. That confounding surplus 24 hours we add to February every four years, except for years that are divisible by 100, but keeping the extra day in for any year that's divisible by 400. Confused yet? Yeah, that's exactly why it should be done away with. But there are also good justice and equity reasons, too. Consider the poor, low-level salaried worker. He, she, or it might be looking forward to February because the monthly paycheck comes just a little bit faster than normal, but then our society throws an additional day into the work month and for no extra pay at all. And remember that folks still have to pay for all the necessities, such as food, water, electricity, and Starbucks. Employees being productive for no compensation but still owing for their expenses? It's a robber baron's dream come true. Now, obviously, one of the deepest injustices involved in February 29th is the trauma it causes to people born on the unlucky day. Those poor in-between leapsters who are forced to note their actual birthday, missing it at midnight between two real calendar days, getting in effect just a millisecond of celebration, and who have no end of trouble with official forms that often don't even have their birthday as an option, not to mention the loss of 75% of their birthday parties. But there's a far more sinister side to this day of oppression. In case you did not know, NPR helpfully teaches us that Leap Day was used in Ireland and America to suppress women and reinforce traditional gender roles in courtship. That's right, as cartoons and postcards from the early 20th century show, it was thought to be acceptable for women to propose marriage to men only on February 29th every four years. And if the man declined, there were penalties, such as having to buy the lady several pairs of gloves. At first, this might seem like female empowerment, but look a little closer and the women in the images are always shown as tall, desperate, and homely, revealing that this so-called benefit is actually a tool of ridicule to keep women submissive to courtship masculo-normativity in which men control the entire domain of marital offers. Thus, we see this confusing, anti-worker, anti-poor calendar distortion is really just another tool of the patriarchy. Be gone, I say. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, the movie Mary Poppins. Although many who haven't actually taken the time to study such things might think of the Disney classic as a completely unproblematic foray into sing-along whimsy, it is unfortunately not so innocent. As the British Board of Film Classification just ruled, the blended live-action and animated tale of disobedient youth enchanted into reform by a flying nanny needs to be reclassified from U for Universal to PG for Parental Guidance. As the board explained... The movie contains the word, and I apologize, Hottentots. Used originally by Dutch settlers to refer to the indigenous Khoi Khoi people of South Africa and later to all black people in general. In the movie, the admiral uses the vulgarity, and since no one corrects him, any unsuspecting child might well be exposed to a racist term no one ever uses without the necessary context of disapproval. But of course, Hottentots is only the beginning of the problems with Mary Poppins. Obviously, it's unacceptable for Bert's character to so unapologetically wear soot face, regardless of the fact that he's a chimney sweep. That alone should earn this film at least a level two caution with trigger warnings and prefatory disclaimers. Now, we do recognize some positive elements in Mary Poppins, such as the idea that menial labor should be performed with happiness akin to swallowing some sugar. We also obviously delight in the ways Mary challenges that buffoonish representative of the patriarchy, George Banks, and the way she so effortlessly rejects the marital normativity of Western civilization by remaining single. And we do confess to loving the negative portrayal of stingy and uncompassionate bankers as well as the critique of the entire system of fractional reserve banking. But just behold, that horribly positive portrayal of wealthy white privilege in which 
these children are free to simply fritter away their day with Bert and Mary diving into some random mystical street art and carousing with imaginary creatures while singing nonsensical word songs. No, dear Otherin, words should not be treated so carelessly. And of course, we are very concerned about the safety message being conveyed by anyone so recklessly using an unlicensed umbrella as an airborne conveyance. So yes, this movie is long overdue for a good reevaluation. But despite the change made in the UK, which we support, for now the movie remains dangerously rated G in the United States. But we're working on it. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, a note of quiet admiration for our dear friends and fellow vocalites in the White House press room who have yet again tried to improve equity and demarginalize oppressed people by offering up a new word to refer to, and I want to warn you that I know how painful this term can be, illegal immigrants. I'm sorry. In a recent fact sheet published in support of the bipartisan Ukraine southern border funding compromise, the White House explained, quote, The bill also includes $1.4 billion for cities and states who are providing critical services to newcomers and would expedite work permits for people who are in the country and qualify. That's right, the Biden administration is now calling undocumented transnationals newcomers in what can only be described as a brilliant act of terminological compassion. As you all know, the sixth commandment of linguistic reprogramming is thou shalt fight societal bigotry by continuously changing words and terms. Constantly evolving terminology serves a multitude of functions. It keeps our enemies off balance and confused. It offers an easy way to identify our real allies by their willingness to virtue signal the newest and most recently approved words. And we can gradually separate negative connotation and bigotry from disfavored people or topics by using new and unsullied terms for old and baggage-laden ones. Just as President Obama, all hail his name, taught us to refer to transnationally misaligned children as dreamers, a powerfully optimistic reframe, we celebrate the Biden administration for referring to alternatively documented border crossing persons in such a kind and simple way as simply newcomers. These humans of non-traditional residents deserve our help, and if calling them newcomers can facilitate the acceptance of people suffering nationality dysphoria, so much the better. Because obviously, the sooner we can integrate these nationality non-conforming persons into our society, the better off everyone will be. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. As you depart today, please light an incense stick and say a mantra for the Sullivans who are still reeling from the discovery that two of their distant relatives are openly practicing evangelical Christians. Southern Baptists, no less. You can tell them it's not their fault all you like, but Stu and Mary are feeling very ashamed of the whole incident and have been too afraid to even go to the grocery store since the painful revelation. Refreshments this week are provided by Shiver Me Timbers, the makers of glorious wood pulp-flavored popsicles. Now available in oak, pine, walnut, and mahogany. Put a little wood in your pencil and enjoy a refreshing lumber sickle from Shiver Me Timbers. You can really taste the virtue. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. Just a reminder, I don't make up the stories. I just report them. 825 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake? 
Well, I'm not seeing anything out there on our roadway slowing you down. No major accidents reported by FHP and no slowdowns on the Google Maps. It looks like Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre now is flowing smoothly. Highway 90 coming out of Milton through Pace is accident-free. Highway 29 is good from the uh, cutoff in Molino all the way through Cantonment. And uh, Chase Street, Gregor Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That phone number is 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Oh, I'm sorry. You caught me. I was trying to add those oak popsicles into my online shopping so your, cart. Your, order, your, your cart with your yeah, free Whopper with right. $3 purchase today. Having yeah. trouble finding them, but I'll keep looking. <laughs> uh, a former U.S. diplomat accused of being a Cuban spy is pleading guilty after originally pleading not guilty. Manuel Roca was the U.S. ambassador to Bolivia. Prosecutors claim he'd been a covert agent for Cuba for decades. He's expected to formally change his plea April 12th. A uh, judge is upholding a decision requiring Dallas Cowboy owner uh, Jerry Jones to take a paternity test. It's part of a legal dispute with a 27-year-old woman that says he's her biological father. And uh, the upcoming Superman movie getting a title change. It was originally titled Superman Legacy. Now it's just Superman. Uh, oh, co-CEO man. of we, the... We are- we already have a super. You can, oh, I hate when they do that. I hate when you have two movies right. of the exact same title. Well, I guess remakes. I guess it happens there. But yeah, I don't. It, well, which one? <laughs> Superman nineteen seventy eight or whatever it is. You know, or eighty four. I don't remember. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, David. Uh, Co CEO of DC Studios James Gunn revealed that change yesterday, and he also said that filming has begun. So uh, I guess it'll be a little while, but uh, maybe it'll be good. I don't know. I've never. Never really watched a lot of the Superman stuff. Oh. So kind they, of a oh, Marvel guy. So they put up a green screen is what you're saying. <laughs> that, that's that's pretty much what they that's do. That's about now. where they're at. All yes. the films these days. That's kind of one of my amazing things is we we often go back and watch older movies that are not old. Well, we do watch those too. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm missing a lot of movies in my education. So we'll watch Turner Classic movies sometimes, and it's very interesting stuff. But um, a lot of times I'll just watch a movie that's from, God, you know, 85 or 90. I'm like... Well, they actually blew up a real car right there. <laughs> you know, they actually destroyed a real building right there because, of course, before CGI, that's how you got effects is you did actual stuff. And there's ones that I watched. Like, I watched 2001 recently and thought, how did they do that and that and that and that before computers? It's amazing. It was, uh, I think, a little more artistic when they had to do that. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. 828 here on News Radio 92.3. Uh, what else do we have going on? Um Oh, I did mention it in passing, but I don't want to. I don't want to leave you out of the loop in case this appeals to you. So you know how um, <laughs> Wendy's is now walking back their claim that they were going to involve themselves in uh, what I've been calling uh, the hunger surcharge. You know, the eat at a normal time penalty. <laughs> they were, you know, they're going to do surge pricing, right? When there's a lot of people want to eat that, that you have to pay extra for lunchtime and dinner. And I said, look, they'd do better if they simply offered a discount at non-peak times. That would be very digestible to people. But the idea of charging them more to eat when they're actually hungry or on their lunch break, that's you're just going to drive people away. So now Burger King has responded appropriately. Oh, and, and, and by the way, Wendy's is pretending like it didn't happen. You know, your lion ears didn't hear what we actually said. Um, they're saying, no, you misunderstood. There's these media reports out there that have been misleading you. Okay. All right. Anyway, so Burger King's response is, we don't believe in charging guests more when they're hungry. Right on. Surge pricing, well, that's new. Good thing the only thing surging at BK is our flame. Eh, okay. Uh, don't put comedy in the hands of um, you know restaurant chains. But I will say this. 
BK does have a thing. Yesterday, let's see, Wednesday, yesterday, and today. So it's good through today, as I understand it, that um, you spend $3 on the mobile app on an order, and you get a free Whopper or Impossible Whopper. A free Whopper or Impossible Whopper, which I did yet. My wife's likes uh, burger and McDonald's. And uh, for dinner, I went and grabbed her uh, large fries, which is if you upsize it from this, it's like two seventy nine for a regular, but you get large like three twenty nine, and then you get a free Whopper. And you know, for three fifty, you've basically got a meal. So uh, just if you're interested and want to get an inexpensive Whopper or free Whopper today, that's your opportunity. It does have to be on the app, and you go on the Offers tab to find it, and it'll populate there automatically. Uh, 8.30 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, and The Fugitive, somebody says they wrecked a real train. Wow, that's, wow. And that scene is pretty amazing, yeah. Fox News, I'm Therese Crowley. Two funerals today. Lake and Riley in her hometown of Woodstock, Georgia, with a migrant from Venezuela charged with the nursing student's murder. And Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny at a Moscow church. He mysteriously died in a Siberian prison. Thousands of supporters outside clapping, braving the risk of being arrested. Transcripts released for Hunter Biden, the House deposition. Reaction rolling in to Hunter admitting he invited his dad to business meetings at dinner and on speakerphone. Senator Josh Hawley tells the anger mangle. He's trying to play us for fools. Everybody knows the truth here. He just confirmed it, that Biden participated in the lunches. He met with his business associates. He was selling access to his dad. I mean, it's clear as day. But Hunter says he was probably drunk or high when he sent the threatening text demanding a cash payment from a Chinese partner. America is listening to Fox News. Good morning, 831 at News Radio, 92, 352 degrees. It is a cold and rainy day this morning in Pensacola. Escambia County has identified the employee that was killed in a work-related mishap earlier this week, David Owen. He'd worked for the county for nearly 25 years. Most recently, he was an equipment operator for the Public's wor- Public Works Department. Owen was killed while his crew was working to clear a tree on Monday morning. That tree hit the bucket that he was in, knocked him out, and he fell to the ground. Investigators with the sheriff's office say he was not wearing a helmet or his harness at the time of that accident. Congressman Matt Gates calling out what he calls hypocrisy from Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. During yesterday's testimony in front of the House Armed Services Committee, Austin apologized for how he handled his hospital stay last month. He says he didn't properly notify military leaders or the president. He says that's because his medical issues were personal. Now that you see how personal medical decisions are, will you call for the re-recruitment restoration of full rank and back pay for the 8,600 service members who were vax mandated out of the military? Uh, No, I won't. And uh, Austin faced a lot of criticism after it was revealed that his own deputy in the White House were not notified of his hospitalization for three days. Republicans have been calling for his resignation. Life in prison for a Pensacola man found guilty of fatally shooting a man back in 2021. 24-year-old Carrick Teamer was convicted on second-degree murder charge yesterday. Prosecutors say Teamer was the gunman that shot and killed Joe Bryan Jr. in May of 2021. Deputies at the scene of that shooting discovered parts of a vehicle that investigators say is linked to Teamer. They also uh, linked him to the scene using his phone's GPS location. Teamer had been in the Escambia County Jail now since June of 2021. 
The Escambia Sheriff's Office is gearing up. They're getting ready for spring break on Pensacola Beach this year. What we want people to know that might be coming here is that we're not going to tolerate underage drinking. We're not going to tolerate drinking and driving. We're not going to tolerate fighting and, and you know just the loss of control at the beach. Sheriff Chip Simmons says they'll have a combination of uh, deputies at the beach from various units within the sheriff's office. That includes school resource officers, bike patrol, community policing. They'll even have some cadets on hand and uh, SRIA also helping to supplement manpower, manpower with off-duty Escambia deputies. If you'll be out at the beach, you'll likely see marked and unmarked vehicles, bicycles, ATVs, and probably even the beach truck or Jeep. State Representative Michelle Salzman is hosting a community outreach event later this month. It'll be on Saturday, March 16th at Marcus Point Baptist Church. They'll have 30,000 pounds of fresh food available for giveaways, and uh, they're also going to be giving out about 100 car seats. That event's going to be a drive through for food with a designated space for walk-ups and a separate space for people to pick up car seats. Cars uh, can line up. No earlier than 7 a.m. that morning with the first 100 families guaranteed to receive food. If you are interested in a car seat, uh, it's a one car seat per car limit. You do have to email michelle.salzman at myfloridahouse.gov with car seat request as the subject line in the email. Uh, And you should make sure you send your name, phone number, your car information, and the age and weight of the child that you're requesting the seat for. Uh, it is 835 now at News Radio 92.3. Jake's got our traffic on the fives. This traffic report brought to you by Fresh from Florida. I'm not seeing anything out there on the roadways. FHP not reporting any accidents, not seeing any major slowdowns on our roadways. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing smoothly. If you're coming out of Milton through Pace this morning on Highway 90, no accidents or slowdowns there. Gulf Beach Highway not showing any delays, no problems on Burgess or Olive. West Detroit Boulevard, Johnson Avenue, Olive Road, Cody Lane, all checking in clear. If you see anything out there slowing you down you can always call or text our traffic tip line that phone number is 437-1620 meal planning is work so let fresh from florida help learn what's in season and browse hundreds of recipes at freshfromflorida.com eat healthier with fresh from florida there's sunshine in every bite i am jake walker with your traffic on the fives we are going to be seeing a wet day today. 90% chance of showers with a few thunderstorms possible. High today near 67 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 61. Showers will slowly come to an end as we go overnight with a small chance of rain Saturday morning. High on Saturday near 72 degrees. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 60 degrees. For Sunday, high near 72 with a small chance of a stray shower. Sunday night, temperatures dropping near 61. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And we are seeing some showers across the area today. Cloudy sky and 56 in Pensacola, 54 in Gulf Breeze, 54 also in Milton. Your money now. This morning the markets are uh, mixed. The Dow is down 31.36 at 38.965.03. S&P up 4.57 at 51, uh, uh, 5,184. Uh, the NASDAQ is down 29.10 at 16.121.02. Our 10-year bond rate is up just slightly at 4.27%. Gold prices up 10 bucks today at 2064.70. Silver prices up 6 cents 22.95 and Bitcoin uh, is down 262.95 this morning at 61.892. A judge in California tentatively allowing a racial bias class action lawsuit against Tesla to move forward. 
The group of nearly 6,000 black workers claim the electric vehicle maker was aware of rampant racial discrimination and harassment at a plant in California but did nothing about it. Tesla maintains it does not tolerate workplace harassment and says workers who have engaged in that have been fired. The number of 401k millionaires is apparently up 11.5% this year. That's according to the latest data from Fidelity Investments. They're the nation's largest provider of 401k savings plans. But the uh, the average 401k balance was also up 14% from one year ago. And Oprah Winfrey now stepping down from her role at Weight Watchers. More from Mark Mayfield. Winfrey had served on its board of directors for nine years. Since the announcement late Wednesday, shares of Weight Watchers have been down by as much as 25%. Winfrey also pledged to donate her financial stake in the company to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. It all comes after Oprah said last year that she was taking weight loss drugs to maintain her weight. I'm Mark Mayfield. And it is 8.38, our next news at 9. Breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne for News Radio 92.3. News Radio Pensacola has you covered no matter where you are or how you like to listen. Tune into our frequencies on 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, and AM 1620 for the latest breaking news, local updates, and in-depth analysis. Can't be near a radio? No problem. Stream us live on our website or through our convenient app. Available for download on your mobile device. Plus, with our smart device integration, you can ask your virtual assistant to play News Radio 92.3 and we'll be right there with you. It's News Radio Pensacola. I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big sharp it up. Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's the time of the week when we end uh, by talking to a few friends. I've got one on the phone and uh, one who's running just a minute or two late, so he should be here any moment. Walker Wilson, the executive director of the DIB. Uh, is coming in studio, and Craig Heinzman would normally come in studio. He's the outreach pastor at Marcus Point Baptist Church, but um, he has suffered an encounter with a scalpel, uh, and so he is uh, laid up and uh, you know dealing with all of that. Uh, he is on the phone with me now. Craig, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Yeah, I'm as, not as mobile as I would like to be at the time, but hopefully that'll change here before Easter, because that's kind of a big a big time coming up, but yeah, 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 most definitely. No, no pains to doing well. And uh, and Walker Wilson has now entered the uh, the building, so he it's, is here with us. Hey, Walker. Hey, Woo! good to be here. <laughs> Everybody's here. Everybody's here. All right, I want to I want to start in an odd place, just because it's on my mind. Um, earlier today, I played, and yesterday too, I played some of the uh, clips of uh, Senator Doug Broxson's farewell in the Senate. And they always, you know, they do this in the House too, but there's a lot more of them, and so they don't have as much time. And you know, it, it's a big deal. And what I've said about Senator Broxson is I don't always agree with him about things, but I respect him. Um, I was actually not a fan of his in the beginning, and I have come around completely. Um, and But I, what I said is to see somebody be honored so much by so many different viewpoints, backgrounds, perspectives, right. universally beloved by other senators, regardless of where they are on the political spectrum, because he's a man of decency, honor, and integrity, the kind of person who admits his, mis- his mistakes, is humble, tries not to talk over you, just, you know, all of that stuff, right? Um and to me, that's the kind of people we want. Those are people of character. You know, that's who we want making decisions because I will trust the decision of a person I am politically misaligned with whose character I respect 
more than I trust the decision of someone whose politics I share, but whose character I don't trust. And so I'd rather have those kind of people. And to me, this obviously carries analogs for the presidential contest that we're dealing with right now. Um, you know, there are people running for the presidency who just have real questions about character, demeanor, and all of that. Former President Trump. But politically, he tends to align very, very well with me, and I know his track record in office. Uh, on the other hand, you have a candidate like Nikki Haley who's not going to get the nomination. Um, she's also very well aligned with me politically, but, you know, character-wise, I trust her very well and many of the other candidates. Uh, but then the question is, but what do you do when you're up against a Biden? <laughs> you know, I can't. Right. There's no way. It's impossible. So anyway, I just thought, you know, that question of to what degree character matters compared with policy uh, in in these kinds of things. Uh, Walker, your thoughts about the question? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times, especially when you're looking at a primary contest, um, you know, typically your ideology is going to line up for the most part uh, with most of the candidates on most issues, right? Uh, there's not much difference between how these folks operate with policy issues. But, you know, character is, is certainly a, you know, a big factor in, in these decisions that you make, uh, certainly for me. And, you know, you want somebody that's that's your leader, whether it's the company you work for or a nonprofit that you're involved in uh, or someone that you're voting for for political office. You want, you know, their integrity and, and the person that they are uh, to really help kind of be that person in a leadership role that you can get behind and follow. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope there are, are and I, I mean, I know there are lots of people who might listen to this show and don't agree with me, but I hope they take me seriously, respect me, trust me, that kind of stuff. Um, and I do the same. You know, I I just, I want leaders, I want people making decisions that I I believe in them, even if I don't agree with them. That's really the way I'm thinking about it. Uh, Craig, your thoughts? Well, yeah, and I think, well, Doug Broxton is a great example of this. I mean, he really, truly is. Talk about somebody who's just turned the the page for Pensacola right now in this, this area. He's brought so much, uh, being a house, you know, chair appropriations and uh, all that but not just that when you talk to people at in Tallahassee they genuinely love him because he's a lovable guy he's someone who's trying he's not necessarily trying to mend uh, mend fences and build bridges and all that stuff he's he's gonna have he's have his, he has his stances he's not going to change his his theology or his you know uh his politics but he's not going to come at it harshly He's going to believe what he's going to believe, and I think we we all need that. I think a lot of us see that Nikki Haley. But we we also kind of see eh, probably not an opportunity for her to get there. Right. Um, I don't know what good it is that she's still staying in at this point in time, other than just to say I don't want to quit. And you know it, that's the that's the way the political system works. That's totally fine. Um, I was a big DeSantis guy when he was first in. Now he's out, so I'm going okay. <laughs> I, What's next? That's the primary. This is the primary. This is where we're at, right? So we're going to go, okay, what do we do? Um, once the general election comes down. And, and then I think when the general election comes down and you only have two candidates, which unfortunately right now in the United States, that's kind of what we have. Right. Then it becomes not about just character, but I think both come into, into play. It is character plus policies. What are you going to do with all that's going on in this country? And – I may not like the character of the guy that's that's there, but if he's going to do the things that that needs to get done politically, you know, policy wise, I got I may have to 
Yeah, I'm in. But I'm, I I'm in the same boat. Same boat matters. as I was in 2016. Uh, again, you know, is um, I mean, he drives me crazy, but I can't. I mean, just can't for 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 the alternative. That's that's the, and and I think we've also got ourselves in a situation where. Like, I know democracy is proxy warfare. Like, I know the idea of democracy is that this side disagrees with that side, and we come to a nonviolent way of resolving that by casting ballots, and then the big, you know, the big number wins, just like they would in a physical conflict. But it really has become just warfare. It's you're with us or you're with them, and loyal, loyaltyism, especially with Trump, has become, like, such a big thing that anybody who expresses dis- dissent is, you know, they're the enemy. Well, no, they're just... The other citizens, you know. Um, we'll come back to this in just a second. Uh, Jake's got traffic on the files. Jake? All right. We're looking great on our roadways right now. FHP is not reporting any accidents. I'm not seeing any major slowdowns around our roadways right now. Highway 98 is flowing smoothly. If you're coming out of Milton, you're good. Highway 29, accident-free. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. If you see anything out there, let us know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Yeah, Walker, I mean, I in my industry, there's a lot of flamethrowers. You know, there's a, a, a lot of people who uh, make Rush Limbaugh look tame, you know, and uh, they do pretty well. You know, that's got an audience. That's obviously not the way I try to do things. But um, there are fewer and fewer people like me, right. <laughs> I think, that are even aspirationally trying to do it that way. No, yeah, it's absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's certainly a market for that, obviously. Um, but, you know, I kind of go back to this this year's presidential election and you look at some of the national polling and you've got, um, you know, Robert Kennedy Jr. sitting there with anywhere from, you know, 18 to 22 percent in these national polls, which, yeah. which is telling you that one in five American voters is just throwing their hands up like we can't deal with either side right now. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think we're, we're certainly in an interesting spot. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if there's any way, you know, that he spoils this contest one way or the other I, I don't know that he's really got a shot at winning in november um but it it will certainly be interesting to see uh, how he factors into this whole thing i want to switch gears for just a second because um uh you are up for uh, a political seat right yeah uh, you have applied for yes, d- district uh, yeah, four I did. and uh, we haven't had you on the air we had um uh jared Moore on to talk about this a little bit and um you know i just funny little thing is i tried to get a list of all the people that have applied I got an answer from the governor's office that we'll get back to you. <laughs> and, I mean, and I sent another email. I'm like, when? Because right. <laughs> it's been like two weeks. And, you know, and I'm like, this is not a hard list to compile, I would think. But I don't know how many. I mean, it could be 50 people that have applied for this. You have. Yes, I, and, I did send an application uh, for through the governor's office to be appointed. And I'm sure everybody that has applied um, would also like an answer on <laughs> 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 the governor we might, all want might uh, end up choosing uh, to to fill that seat through this November. Have you? I mean, have you had any follow up at all from the governor's office other than you submitted your forms and? No, not really. Um, and and you know, at, at this point, it's you know, can you can you find local support or folks that might have any sort of influence yeah. to call in a Tallahassee for you and put it in a good word? So I, I'm sure we're all all trying to do that. Um, and then again, you just wait around on. Uh, Fridays and which is when he makes his appointments to see if anything's going to happen or if you'll get a phone call. Um, and so, you know, I, I certainly think at least from my perspective, for me, um, you know, I've been the chair of the county's planning board for a number of years, was served on the board of uh, adjustment for the county, certainly follow all the issues that, that go on with the county and, and feel like I'm, I'm best suited to step in that role um, and have good relationships with all four of the other commissioners that are on that board 
and at the end of the day, uh, you've you've got to get you know two other folks to vote your way if you need something to get done. And I I think I've I've got that trust and built that working relationship with the other four commissioners where I feel like I, I you know I, I would be very well suited to sit in that seat and and really advocate for District Four and the issues that that they have. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see what ha- we all are of course very right. curious to see what the governor decides. And I just think it's one of these like. Just tell us what's going on. <laughs> you know, yeah. that would be nice. Well, it's an uh, interesting time period. I think, you know, you've also got right now it's um, end of season. Uh, yeah, for session, sure. I should say. So we're trying to push bills across. There's, I think they just said they're going to veto the um, uh, the age restriction. Yeah, the H- HB1, HB3 amalgam. Yeah, the, the, the social media age ban and the requirement for being 18 to view online pornography, right? It looks like he's going to veto that. Yeah, so that's right. going to be, get vetoed, but then sit right back up eventually with some changes that he, you know. But so I think there's probably a couple of other things in, in this next coming up weeks that are on his radar that needs to get across the finish line, and then I, I think we, I, we should have an answer very soon. I, I, I would hope because you can't have a, you know, kind of a, well. I can tell you right now. I know being uh, being one leg down is not convenient and doesn't get the job done very well. <laughs> exactly, um, true. Good metaphor. And I agree. It's like I imagine this isn't a high priority for him. Yeah, and I mean, we were without um, a seat in the ECUA for a long time under Governor DeSantis. I mean, it took what like ten months, I think, uh, for him to nominate somebody to fill that seat. And so it, you know, I hope it. I mean, it can't be that long. It's got to be very soon because no, yeah, this is this commission is. You've got a fifth of the counties that doesn't have representation right now. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's yeah. bad. I mean, you, but you look at um, the, the, it took about six weeks for uh, Stafford to now, Bender. Yeah, for yeah. Stafford to Bender. And, and Monday will be, uh, this upcoming Monday will be five weeks since that application's been open. So, you know, maybe it happens soon. Um, I have, you know, told the folks in Tallahassee I've talked to for what, you know, if the governor wants his appointment to be successful. Um, you know, March 30th is the the end of the first fundraising quarter for uh, reporting uh, for if that candidate decides to get into the race. So if they want them to be successful, they need some sort of runway to go out there and, and kind of compete with some of the candidates that have already filed and said we're in right. no matter what. So Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know because I don't just don't know, but I'm assuming that some of those candidates have also asked to be nominated. You know, if you were going to run for election, I think we've got two filed right now, Ashley and um, Buck. And, um, you know, I, it would be silly not to ask to be put in as an interim, you know, if you were if you're actually declared to run. Go ahead, uh, Craig. I think Buck said he has filed. Yeah, no, he's um, filed. He's to, filed for to, sure. Yeah, so no, I mean, but to to uh, to be nominated, I'm sorry. To oh uh, yeah, right. Um, well, right, right. Fair enough. Um, slightly different question. Um, just because, and you know, you kind of mentioned it, the HB one, HB three thing with social media. We have the bill that's pending now that's kind of in jeopardy, but we have the bill that was passed a couple of years ago that went to the Supreme Court this week, and that's the bill that tries to make social media companies behave like they are the public square, like they are a common carrier like uh, AT&T or Verizon or the bus company or something like that, rather than as the newspaper, which is what they want to be treated as so that they can control things in-house, so to speak, and ban or deprioritize uh, posts or people that they don't like um i've talked about this a lot yesterday and we of course had the new york times uh, guy who got banned off of twitter uh who was here to give a speech at the uwf last night um i don't i'm really torn on the issue because they are private companies and i want there to be a place for a private company if you want to start a you know christians only social media company or a left-handed redheads only social media company 
I want the freedom of association or viewpoint to be preserved. But these companies clearly started with a, hey, everybody, come here and talk about whatever you want to talk about. And now that's changed over the years. Um, Craig, your thoughts about whether it's appropriate for Florida to tell them how to do their business? Oh. Wow. Um, that's a really tough one. I'm the same boat with you. I, I, I struggle greatly with this idea of – I'm actually, even with the rental lights, um, I think it was Moms for Liberty were talking about how parents should have a, a place in this discussion of social media context. You know, that it's not even mentioned. So with businesses, I think the same is true. You should be able to form a business, and, and if, it's a, if it's truly just a business where um, you can sell whatever you want to sell, do it however you want to do it, and the, the free market can determine whether or not you're successful. Right. Um, I generally like that, that way of thinking, but I do think there comes a time when it crosses over into a public entity that is no longer just a business. And I would say some of these social media companies have gotten so large that there's, for instance, right now, if we were, this is not a MySpace conversation. No one's talking about MySpace anymore because it's not, <laughs> right. it wasn't successful, right? We're no one's trying to regulate MySpace because MySpace doesn't have the kind of gravitas that these other places do. Right. Um, and so now we have to, there's definitely, we know, beyond shadow of a doubt, we know there's discrimination happening at these various social media platforms, you know, deprioritations, all of this stuff happening based on fluid rules at best. Right, right. And That's I mean, look at look at it, look at it from have, the political point of view. I mean, that. you know, if you're if you are able to operate on Twitter X, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, and your opponent cannot operate on those, you have a massive non-monetary contribution to your Absolutely. campaign power that is you can't help but think that's decisive right walker yeah i mean i, I agree with craig is at some point the market does kind of figure these things out without uh you know the government stepping in to to try and regulate it um you know i just think of for my own personal social media use um you know i was in high school when myspace was big and going on and then you know facebook came along and you had to have a dual enrollment uh, <laughs> uh, PJC email to to get on or have a friend that would invite you. And then um, all of our parents joined Facebook. So then we all got off of it and went to Instagram. And so it's like, you know, the Gen Z, there's not a Gen Z in the world that's on Facebook nowadays. They're, you know, on other platforms that no, they're, they're barely on they're on tiktok yeah. Yeah. except yeah, if you have to that. communicate with old people like us yeah, right. if you have to get the message out <laughs> yeah. to that's you know true. potential voters yeah. right yes say, you yes know, right uh you don't hey uh, let's take a real quick time out here it's 8 56 we're talking to walker wilson in studio and uh, um uh, our good friend craig heinzman is by phone because he's laid up after surgery uh so that's why it sounds a little bit different for him than normal jake's got traffic on the fives jake not seeing anything on our roadways to report no accidents uh by fhp and uh if uh, looking at the congestion maps here, not seeing any slowdowns on Highway 98, getting through Gulf Breeze and Navarre. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90 through Pace, no accidents there. Highway 29 south through Cantonment is good as well. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. So um, just something that's been uh, ongoing, and, you know, Walker, I mostly bring it up because this is your wheelhouse. Uh, but in the next two minutes, let's solve downtown parking. Okay, great. 
I agree with everything the mayor is doing. (laughs) So, Uh, you know, this recent blow up over Wendy's for threatening to implement surge pricing lunch and dinner when they're at their busiest, which I'm amazed this got past the marketing team, you know, fire them all. Um, But that's basically the plan with parking is make people pay more because it's a service with, you know, limited supply and higher demand and make people pay more when the thing is in high demand. And it's a fairly capitalist kind of approach. It's also an approach that's going to try to force people to move around, which is the goal, of course. Um, And to extend the hours, you know me, I want my free parking and I don't, every time you take a piece away, I hate it. Um, But particularly the surge pricing part, you're on board with that. You like that idea? Yeah. I mean, and I think it's going to, it's going to, happen whether we like it or not so oh, um, that i know too <laughs> so you know i i think it's it's this conversation is difficult obviously um but you know we obviously have a problem now because we hear the complaints right right and so if and this for is, employees also right, is a big yeah. part of this this conversation so if this is a plan to hopefully come up with a solution i think it's worth letting us as a community see if it works or not and if it doesn't then let's you know let's get up in arms and, and really file you know get after changing this some more. Um, the other big thing, again, and we hear it all the time is, you know, private versus uh, the public yep. lots. The good thing about this new app is when they start rolling this out throughout the year, these private lot owners can go to the city and ask the city to manage them. So now they'll, you know, they can be on the same app as the ones out I, on the street. I fully agree with that. And if we could get the red lots to buy into the blue app right, program, right, yeah, that yeah. would be a massive improvement. We got about 10 seconds. Craig, your thoughts? Well, just think about how downtown used to be and how it is now. So I'm excited that we're having a parking problem. Because yes. if yeah. you were there, you know, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, we you could park anywhere you wanted to all day long. And not today. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and and half the time when you think today. you can, you, you found your what? spot. That's a what? good thing for the It is. It is definitely a good thing for the it's community. Good thing, though. It's a good thing. It's a byproduct of pros- prosperity. Very good. <laughs> Gentlemen, thanks so much for showing up. Walker Wilson, Craig Heinzman. I'm Andrew McKay. We'll see you Monday. Thanks, guys.